going on, everybody, and welcome to episode number 340 of the Battery Power Podcast. As you can probably tell from my voice, I am not Brad Rowland. I'm sorry, Brad doesn't love you guys anymore. He's too busy thinking about the Atlanta Hawks and talking about the Atlanta Hawks to come talk to you guys. But my name is Eric Cole. I've been at Battery Power for the better part of, uh, we're going on eight seasons now. And uh, joining me for what is an emergency podcast going on to the on this, what is now Monday, March 14th is longtime colleague, friend, podcast co-host, Scott Coleman. Scott, what's going on, man? Eric, it is a, a crazy day, a monumental day for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, we have been doing this podcast for a long time. I am not sure, other than the playoff and World Series podcasts, which kind of stand alone on themselves. Uh, this is as big of a podcast as we have ever done, a monumental day for the organization, and uh, a whole bunch to talk about, as folks can imagine. Yeah, and for those who aren't aware, and we can kind of get into a little bit what Scott and I were talking about before we started recording, um, the Braves did make what is very clearly the biggest move of the across the league, really. We've seen some big contracts being signed, signed this offseason, but in terms of just overall just like seismic shift, changes the landscape of the market, changes the trajectory of an entire organization, the Braves did trade with the Oakland Athletics for Matt Olson. For four prospects, Christian Pache, Shea Langoliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes. This is this is without per- hyperbole, and Scott and I were talking a little bit about this before the podcast. We've had some days at Battery Power where we would, you know, like we had the Hector Oliveira trade, which was kind of a big deal at the time. We've had some big trades. There's a series of po- trades with the Padres, acquiring Justin Upton, and then you can go further back to like the Mark Teixeira trade, which was before my time at Battery Power, and uh, then there's like the J.D. Drew trade, things like that. But this is one of, if this is certainly the biggest trade the Braves have made in many years. And it's certainly up there for the last several decades. It's in that conversation in terms of importance, in terms of the, like the amount of talent swapping places. So I guess the question, Scott, is that, you know, we're sitting here bemoaning the, you know, Marcelo Zuna apology and, you know, just dreading what those comments were going to look like on that article. And then we see this trade cross the, cross the wire and the Braves have Matt Olson. What was kind of your first initial reaction to it once you saw it? Yeah. Uh, so many thoughts and feelings about this. And, um, you know, I, I guess I'll start with the Freddie Freeman side of it. It, it seems likely, I guess it's not necessarily a guarantee at this point, but seems highly likely that Freddie Freeman has played his final game with the Atlanta Braves and, he has been just the one constant in this organization for the better part of a decade. He, of course, stuck it out through the rebuild and was rewarded at the end with a World Series championship. Um, you know, it's it's a, it truly is a new era for the Braves. Uh, it's just almost been automatic for the last 11 or 12 seasons. You ride out a lineup for the team and there's Freddie Freeman at first base. Um, so very, very sad to see presumably Freddie Freeman gone. Um, on the field, he has been a, a pleasure to watch. He is such a good and complete baseball player. And, and then off the field, he is everything that an organization can want from its star player. Never a problem, a selfish player, uh, a, a great teammate by all accounts. I mean, the guy in 2017 on a team that had no real chance of competing changed positions in the middle of the year to go to third base. So Matt Adams, yep. Yep. Matt yep. Adams could get some reps at first base. And that's, I think that kind of encapsulates what kind of person Freddie Freeman is. Um, 
he was there through the bad, he was there through the good, and hey, he he won a World Series at the end of it. So I guess on on that side of the deal, um, very sad to see Freddie go. It won't quite be the same. I am happy they they added a hell of a player in Matt Olson, um, but I think my first reaction was, wow, Freddie Freeman is no longer going to be with the Braves. Yeah, this is tough for me because for a while now, and you know, you and I have talked about it, and we've all three of us have talked about it on the podcast is that I've been kind of long in the 50-50 camp as to when that Freddie was going to stay. But my initial reaction to it was shock in a lot of ways because I don't know why I thought of it this way, but I thought I we were going to know where Freddie was going to go before we knew about Matt Olson, even though logistically that doesn't make much sense. And we're going to kind of get into some reactions to kind of how the Braves handled this whole trade and why how they did what they did made a lot of sense. But I just kind of assumed that we would just like the, the news we would hear first would be Freddie Freeman signs with X. Right. And it wasn't going to be the Matt Olson trade. Um, I will go ahead and say that it, it was very clear to me. That the Braves had to get one of these two guys because just, you know, Carlos Correa was never going to be really an option in terms of how much money that guy's going to require. And there was just no other bats that were easy to see as being available. So it felt like if the Braves were going to really try to make a run at this thing again, they either have to re-sign Freddie or they're going to have to get Matt Olson. And when I saw that the Braves were making a trade with the A's for Matt Olson, my initial thought was that's not the news I expected to hear. And obviously for me as the prospect guy, my next thought was what's the package? What are we sending to get to come get him to go get him? And we'll talk a little bit more about those four players a bit later. But shortly thereafter, uh, Alex Anthopoulos did address the media and – it was brutal to watch. I'll, I'll, I'll say that because say what you want to about Alex Anthopoulos, and I'm sure that, that you do not have to look hard to find people who do not like AA today because, you know, Freddie Freeman was the face of the franchise. He was the leader. He was a, the Braves guy. And it was a, you can say that, you know, he, you know, doesn't care or whatever, you know, like you, there's a lot of real anger towards AA right now, but you could tell that he was really, really emotional um, the, the quote that made the most rounds today uh, when he was f- talking to him and he was very much choking up. And again, with the rules of free agency, it's weird. You can't actually talk about free agents without getting in trouble. So he couldn't really talk about Freddie. But the quote was, this was the hardest transaction I've ever had to make. And again, he went on to say, it's a tough decision to say to make to make to say yes. But we ultimately made that decision. It just allows us to move on in the offseason. We have other holes on the team to fill and it felt every day like it was getting harder to wait because of the other areas we have to fill. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it came across as very genuine and you know, Alex Anthopoulos has talked about the relationships that you build in this organization and um you know, you just recited the quote that that Alex said and um you know, to me I think is he was he was truly fighting back tears. His his comment about how they had to make a decision that allowed them to then make some yep. other moves this off season really stood out to me. Um, again, the, the direct quote was we have other holes to fill on the team and it felt every day like it was getting harder to wait because of the other areas we have to fill End quote. Um, that to me really makes it sound like they were holding up other areas and they have other areas they do need to address. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but you know, the way that I read it was 
The Braves have presented Freddie Freeman with an offer. Quite obviously, Freddie did not like the offer. It was not what he wanted, or maybe it wasn't the best offer that he's received. But at the end of the day, opening day is three and a half weeks, which is kind of crazy considering where we're at. And as much as I think, I truly believe watching that interview with Anthopolis that he wanted to bring Freddie Freeman back for, for so many reasons. At a certain point, you have to make a decision, and you you nailed it a couple of minutes ago. The one thing the Braves could not happen is this. Freddie Freeman gets a better deal or a deal that the Braves didn't want to match, and Freddie signs with the Dodgers. And then the New York Yankees, who have a better farm system than the Braves, who are also sure in do. the market, who are also in the market for a first baseman, trade for Matt Olson. All of a sudden, the Braves have a massive hole at first base, and presumably, I mean, where where do you turn? I mean, do you try to see if there's anything left with Anthony Rizzo, who hasn't been that good for a couple of years? Maybe you try a Kyle Schwarber at first base, though he was pretty brutal over there last year with the Red Sox. Um, the one thing you could not have happen is Freddie signed somewhere else and Matt Olson get traded somewhere else, and all of a sudden you are in full-on scramble mode three weeks before the season began. Yeah, and some of this is a function of the lockout. I would be very curious as to kind of what your thoughts are as to whether or not, if there is not a lockout and it's just a normal offseason, whether or not you think that the Braves have time to figure out to make a deal with Freddie. Because it's, it's, it's an interesting question because ultimately you're right that the Braves just have a finite amount of time and – there's a real, very real chance. I mean, there was other teams, you know, it's not like the the Blue Jays or the Rangers or these other teams that are like kind of going for it and seem to be making really aggressive moves. Wouldn't love to try to trade for Matt Olson either. It's a, a tricky thing because at some point, if the A's are saying, hey, look, we want to make this deal, but if you don't make this deal soon, we're going to move on to our next best option. That really puts you in a spot. Now, in fairness to Freddie here, He's earned the right to shop for the best deal. This is not going to be a Freddie Freeman bashing podcast, right? He's earned the right. I mean, the Braves had their chance to extend him. Let's make no mistake about that. They could have extended him before last season. They didn't. And they let him hit free agency. And once he hits free agency, all bets are off, and he has to do what's best for him. And if the Braves' offer isn't what's best for him, and it's not best for the Braves either, then that's just how it goes. But at some point, when you have a lockout like this and all of a sudden you basically have to feel, put together an entire roster in basically five days, right. To at least get them in the camp and then actually start getting them in some spring training games. Yeah. You have to make a choice. You know what I mean? And that's why I found it interesting. There's a lot of people. I won't say a lot. There are certainly some because Joel Sherman reported that um, the Braves didn't tell Freeman or his reps uh, before the trade. And I'll say this. If you think that the package that the Braves gave up is high now, I can't imagine what it would be if this got leaked ahead of time that the Braves were finalizing a trade because I guarantee it that two at least two teams would have made a call to Oakland right then and there and said give us a chance to beat their offer because Matt Olson is that good. This yeah. guy almost put up six WAR last year, and as a result, I mean, sorry, I, I'm not I'm not mad at the Braves. I'm not mad, mad at Freddie. It just it is what it is. This this is the way it had to be handled. It is. And I think you and I and a lot of a lot of listeners, a lot of Braves fans in our heart of hearts felt that Freddie Freeman was going to be back and they had a really good relationship. And 
Uh, you thought, well, if, if there are similar deals, Freddie will come back to Atlanta for sure. A- almost like it was it was bound to happen at some point. And as you said, once a guy gets to free agency, you're competing with 29 other clubs. And there was no guarantee. We know the Dodgers have money. Freddie is an Orange County kid. Uh, he and his wife and his young family may want to go out there. Um, who knows? I mean, I, he doesn't seem like a New York kind of guy to me, but maybe he wants to play for the Yankees. Maybe the Blue Jays are supposedly uh, coming in hot and heavy after Freddie. Uh, so, again, I, I it's unfortunate, uh, the timing of it all. And sure, I wish all you know if, if Alex Anthopoulos could wind back the clock six hours at this point and go back and give Freddie a call. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I saw some, a little bit of outrage over that and it's like, well, yeah, but it's a business and the Braves don't owe Freddie Freeman anything. And Freddie Freeman doesn't owe the Braves anything quite honestly. And, um, I hope they continue to have a strong relationship moving forward. Um, and hopefully as, as time passes, I think most of the attention today has been on Freddie Freeman, uh, with, with good reason. He's a, in my book, he's a Braves hall of famer one day. He's been the franchise icon for 10 seasons now. But I hope that, as you just said, Matt Olson is one of the best players in baseball. He is one of the best hitters. He is outstanding defensively. Uh, he, he was highly regarded off the field for the work he does in the clubhouse as a teammate. Um, so it's, it's not as if they, they just signed Anthony Rizzo and you're kicking Freddie to the curb for a less good Freddie Freeman. Uh, they added a genuinely good star at first base and, uh, I hope that Matt, being a local guy, feels comfortable and, and coming coming back. Inevitably, the comparisons to Freddie are going to be made, and uh, he is a very good player and excited to have him. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a you know it's a tough thing, right? Because I know why people are upset. You know what I mean? There, there there's a visceral emotional reaction to Freddie. And, you know, I do hope that there's not too much of a, well, he's not Freddie Freeman. If Matt Olson is just Matt Olson, this trade is fine. The Braves gave up a ton of talent to make this trade happen. And I hope that that speaks to folks that, you know, it's it's funny. Like, you know, that you're, there's certainly certain you know, a certain amount of the team's worse now and, and all that stuff. And, you know, guys get hung up on certain prospects, guys they really liked. And... You know, at the end of the day, if you want good players, you either have to spend a whole bunch of money or you have to trade real talent to get them. Yeah. And that's the, that's the tricky part of this whole thing is that either way, there's going to be a real cost for the Braves. And, you know, at some point when you have a truncated timetable like this, there's only so much you can do. You know, I want Freddie. I wanted Freddie in a Braves uniform until he retired. Everyone did. Yeah, me too. You know, he. You know, and it's that I, I get it. I truly, truly do. But when you get a local guy like Matt Olson who comes in, you know, even though the, if he, you know, he's, you know, is he Freddie? Probably not, but he's pretty close. He's, and like, again, it had to be one of those two guys. He's pretty damn good. So let me ask you this, Eric. You're you're one of the longtime uh, prospect writers on Battery Power. I wanted to get your opinion on the package that the Braves gave up. So as a reminder, Christian Pache. Shea Langoliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes. Uh, your thoughts on that return? You know the Braves farm system better than basically anyone. Uh, what was your your general thoughts on what the Braves gave up? Well, there's a lot of real talent here. 
and uh, selfishly, and this is kind of wild to me to think about. Uh, you remember I started back in 2015. Yeah. The boy. mid the mid the, the the mid season list that we come up with this year will be just the second prospect list that we've written that doesn't have Christian Pache on it. Hmm. Wow. Time flies. And, uh, yeah. I yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I don't want to think about how old I'm getting, but that's, you know, and, you know, selfishly, I'm, I'll miss Pache, obviously, you know, I, I grew up in this with him around. So, you know, super sweet, humble guy and just, you know, I'll, I'll miss him. But the reality is, is that a lot of the shine has come off his, you know, prospect status. He's no longer consensus number one guy in the system anymore. There's real questions about his hit tool. As good of a defender as he is, as good as the raw tools are. You know, at the end of the day, he's going to really have to hit the kind of justify. The, if if he hits the top end, if you think that he's going to hit the top end of his projection, this might seem like a little bit of an overpay, right? But if you think that you know maybe he's just a really good defending center fielder who has some upside but probably won't hit all that much, then this is about right because Matt Olson, you get two years of control of him, and you're certainly get a bunch of surplus value this year. I, I feel confident that the $12 million that the Braves are going to be paying Matt Olson this year is going to be well spent because I think he's going to do significantly better than that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'll, I'll be curious as to what you think he would get in our, his last year of arbitration, assuming he just does what he normally does, like what that ends up looking like in terms of what his arb number would be. But you know, Shay Langoliers. There's a, I, I think he had pretty much cemented himself as the best catching prospect in the system, really controls a running game, uh, has real power. I have some questions about his hit tool, but at the same time, we're talking about a catcher. So as long as you're good at calling games and framing and, you know, you can control the running games, the offensive bar you have to clear is not high. Uh, and, you know, he yeah. has some real upside behind the plate. Ryan Cusick, I mean, look, fastballs that, you know, regularly tick up over 100 miles an hour are not hard, not easy to come by. But there was there was some reliever risk with him. Matt was particularly low on him as a as a reliever risk guy uh, with some command issues. So if he sticks again, this this trade could look really bad or really good because there's like in the case of Pache and Cusick, the variance on those guys is so much. I mean, like if Cusick sticks in rotation with three pitches and he's throwing 100 miles an hour, then you know that's a guy that can sit the top, at the front of a rotation for years. Uh, and then you have Joey Estes, who's a guy who we also liked a lot, another pitcher uh, with three pitches, wipeout slider. He's sitting mid-90s, can go a little bit higher than that, was lights out in for low A Augusta. I mean, we like all of these guys. This is real town. These aren't. This isn't minor league filler that was given up in this deal. The, the, the A's very seemingly knew who they wanted, and they think that, you know, maybe they think they can fix Pache. And they like guys like Kusick who have that sort of – you know, that 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 college arm that has a lot of things that makes the analytics guys get excited. You know, they 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 pick real talented players to include in this deal. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It is. I think, you know, knowing how Oakland operates and Fangraphs had a good article about this, but this was the ultimate time for the athletics to make this trade, because in that division, they have no real chance of competing and not really, as no. we know, no, I mean, I guess if they went for it a little bit, maybe they could hang with Houston. And now Texas is starting to spend some real money and the Angels should be OK. They have that Mike Trout guy who's pretty good. Like uh, <laughs> and, and, then, right. and then Seattle is going all in, too, which was great to see today. A big trade with the Reds. Um, if you're Oakland, it was a no brainer to make this trade. Um, they have some other guys to unload. Uh, but if, you know, if you're Oakland, it makes sense for them, right? Pache, of course, he's going to make his bread and butter with defense and they have that huge ballpark in Oakland for him to roam center field. 
Um, yep. I would imagine they're going to give him a chance to be their everyday center fielder. And uh, because they're not great, right, it kind of goes back to like the 2015, 2016 Braves where it's like, yeah, even if the prospects struggle a little bit, you want them to get their feet wet. I don't know how much more Pache needs in AAA. It might just be kind of sink or swim time because of the experience he now has. Um, for me, and I again, I am not the prospect expert, but it was a bummer to lose Langoliers. I think he's going to be the best of this four uh, but you have to hope that Contreras is ready to step in. Uh, they also have Travis Darnot and Manny Pena signed for the next two years. So we'll see uh, for the immediate term. The Braves are OK at catcher. And um, and then, you know, with, with pitcher arms, I don't have to tell you, Eric, but right. You, if you get 10 of them that you feel good about, maybe two of them end up working out long term. Um, we'll see. Where, right. Right. Exactly. So we'll see where their careers end up. But. It, it was a big haul. I think Pache's name probably carries a little more value than where he has, uh, you know, been two years ago versus now. I think with the struggles he's had at the short stint in the majors and then uh, last year was not great in Gwinnett. Um, I, I think his name value probably oversees his actual value right now. But again, anytime you move big time prospects like this, it's going to be a trade that we look back on for, for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about guys. I mean, we're just looking and like eyeballing it. I mean, that's four guys in our top 12. And, you know, we will mark this trade down as not only as one of the biggest trades that we've seen in a long time by the Braves, but I mean, this is the first time Alex Anthopoulos has given up real talent in a trade. Uh, it still blows my mind that the, the trade deadlines that he's orchestrated the last two years, he didn't give up a top 10 prospect in any of them. He got real and, and got real talent back for them. Um, yeah. I, I, the one thing about Pache, and it, it's kind of something we'll have to talk a little bit later about, is that you know he could have been the center fielder on opening day, and now who plays center field for on opening day for the Braves is a very open question. Looks like the heavy favorite uh, right now is Adam Duvall, which is probably not ideal, <laughs> but a little odd. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little odd. Uh, certainly a symptom. But again, we what the Braves do with their outfield is going to be a very open question, right? But yeah. you know. We know what the Braves have lost now, uh, and we're going to keep talking about Freddie uh, after we have a break, but because he definitely deserves a lot of time in the sun because that guy was so great. But, you know, I do want to talk a good bit about what the Braves got in return. There's a reason why the Braves gave up all this talent. Uh, the Braves get Matt Olson in the trade. He obviously will be playing first base. Uh, one of the better defending first basemen in the league, if not the best, uh, was worth five, uh, 5.8 uh, baseball reference war last season. Projections are very similar to Freddie in a lot of respects. Um, he's younger than Freddie. Uh, he's a local guy from Atlanta, Parkview High alum. Uh, shout out to Brad Rowland, who, who uh, basically anytime the guy who was uh, even remotely from Atlanta, let alone from his high school. Uh, <laughs> so one of Park, Parkview's finest uh, makes the, adds, gets added to the organization. And he is certainly cheaper than Freddie. So kind of talk to me a little bit about what you like about the addition of Matt Olson. And like the, there's real reasons to prefer Matt Olson over Freddie in some respects. Yeah, I know Matt Olson playing in Oakland. He gets forgotten about. And hey, first pitch in Oakland comes after 10 p.m. in Atlanta. And the final out gets recorded at one in the morning. So I get why yep. he may not yep. be. He may not be a household name for at least some Braves fans, but he's he's going to be a household name in a hurry. Uh, this guy is really, really good. He had a career best year last year, um, hit 39 home runs, a 146 WRC plus, which is a weighted metric for those maybe not familiar with it. 100 is average. 
Olsen was 146, which was the eighth best number of all hitters in baseball last year. Uh, he did a tremendous job. I think the the area he really improved in last season was uh, he lowered his strikeouts and upped his walks. He almost walked as much as he struck out, which for a guy who hits with the kind of power that he does is just scary. I mean, he he basically does what Freddie Freeman does so well, and that's he's a complete hitter. Uh, he doesn't strike out a ton. He gets on base at a really high clip. I would like to see. We'll see how the lineup shakes out and who else they add. But to me, Olsen feels like a perfect replacement for Freddie in the number two spot in the order. Um, and as you noted, defensively, he is genuinely good. Gold gloves are not always the most accurate and representative thing of, of who is good and who isn't defensively. Um, Nick Marquette is gold glove winner. Right, exactly. Uh, the metrics love Matt Olson. Uh, he passes the eye test very well. Um, and as few have noted here today, Oakland's ballpark is enormous. Like it is one of the most unhitter friendly ballparks in baseball, especially for lefties. And then you move him into Truist where the chop house, they're going to have to give out like batting helmets for people sitting out there because this guy is going to hit tanks. It's a short porch. I think he is tailor-made uh, to bat left-handed in Truist. And um, I'm really, really excited about him. He is just a, a fantastic hitter and all around guy And it. He's 27. He turns 28 in a couple of weeks. He is very much in the middle of his prime, and, and the sky is the limit. I think he is going to be a huge, huge, huge boost to this lineup that, frankly, needed, with or without Freddie, um, it needed some some impact, especially if, if Acuna is going to miss some time and not knowing what you're going to get out of, say, Marcelo Zuna. Um, Olsen is really good. I think Braves fans are going to really come to love him. Yeah, he's going to sit some missiles at those those metal sheet protected seats out there in the out there by the chop house out there in, in right field. It's going to be that's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, all, I agree with everything you said, you know, between, you know, defensively, he's by all accounts, a really great guy in the clubhouse. Uh, seems like a really even keeled guy. Uh, bunch of production in a lot of different ways at the plate. And that's exactly what you need out of a first baseman. Uh, again, we're not he isn't Freddie Freeman. And I don't want to say that he is. But the conversation is much closer than I think some people are giving it credit for because this guy can really hit uh, and being a bit younger. And again, one of the things that's important to note here now, there's only two years of, of control here. Uh, he's under control for the 2022 and 2023 season. Uh, both those are arbitration years. We don't know anything about, you know, a possible extension. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos was asked today at the media session and he was not interested at all in having that conversation. <laughs> that was, that was probably the most quickly dismissed uh, questions in that whole presser. Yeah. But uh, again, we're talking about, you know, around 15, 16, 17 million less salary than for this year. And then next year, maybe, you know, probably in that he'll my guess is that he'll probably get an arbitration around 20 million. That sounds about right to me, especially if he hits well. Uh, let me put it this way. If he doesn't get 20 million, then I think Brace going to be a little more upset that Freddie leaves. <laughs> but um, but that's another that's another savings of 10 to 12 million for next year or for the following year. You know, saving that money allows the Braves the ability to do some other things. You know, if you were, if you were the one, one of the people tweeting about how badly the Braves need to bring back Eddie Rosario or Jorge Soler or Jock Peterson or any of those guys that were really, really crucial to the Braves postseason run last year, that possibility just became significantly higher today. Yeah. Um, now, Alex Antopoulos did say that the payroll was going up anyway. And, you know, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about kind of what their thought process was when Olsen is introduced at one tomorrow. 
there is going to be a press conference, by the way, for those who aren't aware, at 1 o'clock tomorrow. But, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to acquire him, as much as my heart hurts that Freddie's leaving. Yeah, you're right. And I think part of the upside, and I saw some talk about this today, too, and it's like, oh, the Braves are being cheap. Instead of just paying Freddie, they're going to take the cheap way and get Matt Olson. No, it's not being cheap because they're going to now spend that extra 15 or $18 million that they save by not signing Freddie, and they're going to sign another really good outfielder, right? Like you just listed those three guys who were on the World Series team last year. Um, there's a whole bunch of free agents who can really hit. Nick Castellanos, Michael Conforto, Kyle Schwarber. Like there are some legitimately talented hitters out here. And because you only have to pay $12 million to Matt Olson next season or this season uh, – yeah, I mean, the, the, it was one of the big benefits, I thought, is you have a little more flexibility with how you want to round out your club. Um, again, I'm not saying that the money was the, the ultimate factor here. Um, I would have happily paid Freddie whatever contract he's going to get in the next couple of days. Um, but that is a legitimate uh, element to this. And I think uh, Anthopolis even hinted at that a little bit without coming out directly and saying it in his press conference today with the media that this allows them to move on and address the other significant holes they have. Because currently it was kind of lost in the the shuffle, but Anthopoulos said he doesn't anticipate Ronald Acuna Jr. being ready to play defensively until the end of May, which is a considerable time away. And yeah, don't tell don't tell Ronnie that. <laughs> right. Yeah, he looks fantastic, by the way. But if, if that's true, um you have Adam Duvall, who is 33 years old. He was fine in center field in the playoffs last year, but I'm not sure Adam Duvall is a center fielder for an entire season. Uh, Acuna, there, was, there, was some there were some adventures out there, to be sure. There were. I mean, he was fine. I mean, I think he probably exceeded expectations, even if expectations were not super high. Um, you just traded away Pache, who was a defensive-ready center fielder. Um, even when Acuna comes back, if you believe uh, what Andrew Jones said a couple of weeks ago, it sounds like Ronnie doesn't love playing center and they may not want him in center. Um, and then other than that, who, who's in the outfield? Oh, Marcelo Zuna, who is ideally a DH. Uh, Guillermo Heredia. I love Guillermo. I am not sure that I want him starting every day for a team that's trying to win another division and, and make a deep run. Um, I mean, that's kind of it right now. So I think... Again, it's it's not the only reason why they went for Olsen over Freeman, but I do think having that extra money they can spend is is significant, and hopefully in the next couple of days they add another impact player. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I do think that they will make those additions. Uh, it'll happen quick because, again, this is going to be kind of the most condensed offseason that we've ever seen um, I once we, once we kind of get moving on the season. Uh, one note for our listeners before we take a quick break. Uh, as of right now, the... 2022 payroll for the Braves is just shy of $138 million. And we didn't, we do know that Alex Antopoulos said that payroll is going to be going up this year uh, in very typical Alex Antopoulos fashion. He's certainly not going to say by how much uh, obviously a world series run certainly helps the cause in that regard. And between that and not having to, you know, shell out quite as much as you would if you had Freddie Freeman on your roster. We can expect some real additions to this roster going forward, what is already a very good Braves roster. And we're going to talk a little bit about more of that, as well as doing a bit of a post-mortem on you know the Freddie Freeman era in, in the Braves history. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity— 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, Scott, this is the part where we get to be sad. Um, I'll say this, and, you know, Brad made a note in our doc here, is that the reaction to what's happened with Freddie leaving specifically, and again, you're, you've certainly made the point very clearly, and it's tr- absolutely true, is that people are very focused now on Freddie leaving and not the arrival of Matt Olson, and I think it's important to note that that's a really important part of this. It's not like the Braves just don't have a first baseman now, or John Nagowski is going to be starting for them. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, it, like they have a really good first baseman, but you know, some are mad at Freddie. They think that he was taking too long, or he was wanting too much money. Uh, some fans are mad at the Braves. They they feel like they should have extended him earlier. Uh, spoiler alert: they should have. Um, and you know, and or that they're you know they're just being cheap or you know whatever. Is is there anyone really at fault here? I guess is the best way I know how to describe it because to me it just feels like it you know at the end of the day sometimes things just don't work out things line up differently and you know team windows and payrolls and where a guy's at in his career and their age and stuff just don't line up sometimes and those guys have to move on I'm I'm not really mad at anybody No I'm I'm not either and I wish they would have been able to come to terms I I sincerely do I love Freddie Freeman, the things that he has done for this organization. He's a World Series champion. Like, we will remember Freddie forever. And I said at the top of the podcast, I hope one day he comes back and the Braves are able to retire his number and put him in the Hall of Fame. Like, I, I, I sincerely wish him and his family all the best. I, I don't think anyone's at fault here. Um, whether he, I, I selfishly hope he doesn't end up with the Dodgers because just guaranteeing. Yeah, guaranteed he's gonna come up in a big spot in the postseason. I'm gonna just tell With, you now it's gonna happen. Without fail, if if this rivalry isn't already strong enough, um, the idea of seeing Freddie and Dodger Blue is painful. I I personally think they're the front runners and the favorites at this point. Um, again, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Blue Jays, maybe like I don't know the Angels come in out of nowhere, the Padres get rid of one of their contracts and and come in, but. Um, no, no one's to blame here. At the end of the day, it's it's a cliche, but it is a business. These guys have contracts for a reason, and 
it takes two sides to come to an agreement. And I, I know that the Braves and Freddie have had conversations over the years. And obviously, Freddie never got a deal that he wanted. And the Braves were never presented with an offer they were okay with. And here we are. Um, it, it's it's a bummer for the organization. Uh, thank goodness Freddie got his ring. It just, I mean, what a storybook ending that uh, much to uh, Joe Buck got the final laugh whenever he said in what might be Freddie Freeman's last swing with the Braves, he hit a home run yep. in game yep. six of the World Series. Uh, that ended up being true. And thank goodness Freddie was able to get his ring that he deserved so much after sitting through some bad baseball in the middle years there. But man, um, I'm sad to see Freddie go. Yeah, I, I do want to highlight that because you and I have been covering this team for, we'll just say a long time, just to not date ourselves too bad too much. We saw a lot of bad baseball uh, <laughs> during, uh, for a stretch there, and the one thing that was never bad was Freddie Freeman. He never took a season off. He never let a rebuild get him down. He was, you know, when he was, you know, protecting Jace Peterson in a lineup, he was still an impossible Ooh. out. Uh, what a callback, you know I mean? Jace yeah. Peterson. <laughs> oh yeah, the the Alberto Callaspo uh, era. Uh, oh you know, God. there's a lot. Yeah, you know, Freddie drove him in a couple times. I've only been a couple because that required Callaspo to be on base. But you know, it's a he 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 sat through a lot. Um, I do want to say that for one thing, this isn't a situation where this is a guy who was on his first you know run with the Braves and just, you know, like exhausted his last year of arbitration and they, the Braves never made an opportunity to keep him around for longer. The Braves did extend free Freddie Freeman previously. And, you know, he, 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 it was certainly a friendly deal in hindsight uh, in terms of how much money he made, you know, versus how much he actually produced. But, you know, this wasn't a team that didn't like Freddie, didn't realize his worth and didn't want to make sure he was taken care of. Again, I just think that the way things lined up I mean, Freddie's going to be 32, and if he wants six years and he can get six years, I'm not going to be mad that he gets it. But for the Braves, I suspect that they did offer him six years at, towards the end there, but I'm they might not be able to beat that best offer, and there's real reasons not to do that. The number of those deals of like signing long extensions for guys who are already in their 30s that end up being good deals is not a long list. It's just not. You know, the, it almost works out better for the guys that just do year-to-year deals. I mean, Nelson Cruz is on his, what, like his seventh or eighth deal in the last decade? Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, those are the those are the guys that weirdly kind of make it work, but the ones that are on those long deals. I mean, obviously the Albert Pujols example is frankly overdone because I think they're very different players. One, because it's almost certain that Albert Pujols was older than that whenever he signed that extension. And two, there's health things that were going on with Pujols that were already present dangers uh, with his feet. So I don't want to necessarily say that Freddie's just going to completely fall off a cliff because I just don't think that's going to be true. Uh, but towards the end of that deal, there's reasons to have some, some concerns. And, you know, from a baseball perspective and, you know, thinking about the long-term health of your club, as much as we love Freddie, you know what I mean? Like, I'll never forget that home run that he hit off Hader. Never. Yeah, yeah. The guy hit two cycles. You know what I mean? He, His last offensive swing for the Braves was that home run that you mentioned. His last defensive play was catching the final out of the World Series win. And and we've been waiting a long time for that World Series win. It's a career 893 OPS hitter. That's objectively insane. Won an MVP, got that World Series ring. You you can't ask anything else. 
I mean, yeah. it's a fitting closing chapter. You know what I mean? And you know, I'll just say this: I don't care if he's not. I'll, I'll, you know, there's going to be some people who are just like, if you don't stay with the Braves forever, you don't deserve to have your number retired. You know what I mean? You're not a, a Hall of Famer. It will be a travesty if after Freddie's done, whenever that is, that his number is not retired by the Braves. Full stop. Because what else did you ask? What what else do you want from the guy? (laughs) A perennial MVP contender. There was was at least one or two years that he should have won the award, or at least it should have gotten more attention than he did, and he didn't win it. Yeah. Ends Ends up winning it. It's you know again I'm I'm sad I love Freddie this this will never be a uh, a podcast where we're like well glad they made that Freddie Freeman deal uh it, in the sense that we're glad that Freddie's gone because I think that you would agree Freddie was always the best option in terms of just purely for this season coming up who do you want playing first base if you chose told me to choose between Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman I'd choose Freddie Freeman just for the season but it's not that simple. Yeah. Because you can't evaluate this situation in a vacuum, unfortunately, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with, with basically everything you just said, and you're right. I mean, I think quite obviously what this came down to was was Anthopolis's hesitancy to give a five- or six-year deal to a first baseman as he approaches, you know, Freddie's 32-and-a-half, he'll be 33 in September, and as you said, I mean, he is a— he is a significantly different player than Pujols or even Miguel Cabrera, but um, you know he's probably more Joey Votto than either of those guys. And Votto has had some nice years, even if he has tailed off as he hit his mid thirties. Um, but you're right. I mean, this was a, a long-term outlook, I think, from Anthopoulos. Um, I, I sincerely believe when he says that he wish, you know, that he wishes that he would, you know, that he could have kept Freddie in town. Um, but at the end of the day, it's you have to look out past just what's tomorrow. And six years, I'm guessing Freddie's going to get six years. I think if he would have had a six-year offer yeah. from the Braves, at least financially where he wanted it, it would already be done. Um, I think the, the the for the longest time, it was the report where the Braves were holding firm at five years. Um, maybe that was just out of principle, something Freddie didn't want to agree to. We'll, we'll probably never know. We'll see what comes out of his press conference whenever he does sign uh, hopefully not with the Dodgers, um, but I, uh, right. I, I get it. Like I, I understand everything that happened today. If you if you remove all the emotion out of it, right? Like set aside, we all have Freddie Freeman shirts or jerseys or bobbleheads, whatever it is, and what he's done for this team for ten plus years. If you remove the emotion from it, I think you understand why this this deal was done today to trade for Matt Olson, a local kid. A certified all-star, someone who you could presumably build your organization around for the next five, six, seven years. Um, I get it. It sucks not having Freddie. It's going to be weird not having him at first base. It really will. I mean, it's it was 2010, the last time that Freddie Freeman was not the Braves' everyday first baseman. That that's crazy. Um, it's that's that's a long time ago. Um, and I, I wish all the best for Freddie. I wish all the best for Matt Olson. I hope fans come around on this initial deploy, uh, disappointment and grow to appreciate how good Matt Olson has been and what he's going to mean to this team. Um, and, yeah, at the, I guess if uh, if I had to summarize my feelings on the last couple hours here, that that's where I'd be. Yeah, I really hope that for, for all that is holy, I hope that he doesn't start the season like two for 23 or something. You know what I mean? In the case of Matt Olson, because yeah. it is going to be a nightmare. 
but this is a really good player that the Braves got today. And so, Scott, I'm just going to put you to it. You know, we've kind of, you know, talked around a bit a lot, a lot, and kind of, you know, in that we understand the move. But if it was your choice and it was your money, and let's assume, let's assume that to sign Freddie for the Braves, it would require six years and let's say 190 million. Let's just say that. And it's between that and making this deal. Which one, which move would you have made and kind of just overall give your kind of grade on what the, the trade was and overall, just your thoughts on it overall. It's a good question. If, uh, if you held the gun to my head and told me to make a decision, I, I think I would have gone with Matt Olson. That's a lot of money to guarantee a guy in his mid thirties, late thirties, even at the end of it. I think I would have gone with Matt Olson and um, I, I have legitimate concerns uh, for the prospects. You know, Pache, I'm just not sure if he's ever going to hit. He certainly could. He doesn't need to hit a whole bunch to be a, an everyday guy. But um, I, I think the ceiling on him has come down considerably over the last 18 months or so. Um, Shea Langoliers, I think, again, probably in a similar boat. His defense is going to carry him. But offensively, I mean, there's a real chance he turns into more like Tyler Flowers earlier in his career than Buster Posey. Um, and, and then the two pitchers, you just, you never know. I mean, who knows? Maybe Cusick turns into a, you know, Jacob deGrom 2.0, or maybe he turns into a seventh inning reliever. I mean, that that's pitching prospects 101. Uh, so I think to answer your question, I think I would lean with Olsen. He is a really good player. Um, they didn't have to give up Michael Harris, which I think is a big win for, to acquire a star like this. Um, and I will, I will truly miss Freddie, but I think ultimately it's, it's a move that when we look back on, uh, granted, it'll have to be six or seven years before we can probably fully realize what was the better decision. Um, I, I think Anthopolis made maybe not the right or the wrong call, but I think he made the, the sound baseball decision, which is what you ultimately want from your general manager. Uh, what about you? So this is tough, right? Because what I would do personally is go to Terry McGurk and say, I understand that you this is where you want payroll to be but I need it to be higher so that I can keep Freddie Freeman and then go make the trades for some other high value guys. And if you're not willing to do that, then I'm going to leave. So I would have, again, if there, if payroll itself, the, where we think a general idea of where the cap is for the Braves payroll, I would have kept Freddie. Uh, I think that there's real, like there is some kind of ancillary benefits to a, for, to a club, to having a guy like a face of your franchise type, in terms of just like, you know, like, you know, jersey sales, stuff like that, that kind of allows you to kind of build a culture at the stadium that is good for a club overall. And it's really close to me in that regard. However, based on what we know in that the payroll, I mean, the, Bra the Braves aren't going to be threatening the luxury tax, right? It's just not going to happen. Um, they're not a crazy small market team and the, the people who are shouting about, you know, you know, this is just Liberty media being cheap or, you know, Alex Antopoulos won't spend money or, you know, Terry McGurk, this Terry McGurk, that like, I don't think that's the case. I did. I think that they're going to be in that kind of above average payroll, touching a bit higher. And that's just where they're going to live generally. And when you have that in place and you have a guy like Freddie Freeman taking up that much of your payroll. And I start thinking about, how are they going to keep Austin Riley? What happens when Ronald Acuna's deal comes comes due? What happens when Ozzy Albie's deal comes through? How are we going to extend Max Freed, Ian Anderson? I mean, even Dansby's a free agent after next season. You got to figure out how to pay him. 
if you're going to keep him, I mean, I don't know if you've looked at the shortstop class after mm-hmm. next season. It is brutal. Yeah. I hope you like Tim. I hope you like Tim Anderson and hope that they don't exercise his club option because after that it gets pretty bleak. You know, you think about all those things long term, and you think about how some of those long term deals start panning out towards the end. It would be painful to watch a roster rot, which is what we've seen happen across the league. We have. Yep. We've seen got we've seen teams. The the A's were smart here in that they knew that they were going to be basically tearing things down, and they traded a guy when he actually had real value. They didn't wait until the trade deadline and just get one guy, one prospect that is decent, you know, for half a season of a guy. They got real value back for Matt Olson. And we've seen rosters hang on to it. We've seen the Cubs do it. We saw the Nationals do it. We saw a bunch of other clubs that just try to keep get one more ring out, and then they can't afford to keep any of the guys. Right? <laughs> and all of them are towards the end of their end of their run. Yep. And as a result, I mean, so with those constraints and those thoughts in mind, I think I agree that the Matt Olson move was the correct play, even though that's not where my heart is, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, again, if I'm making the move with my heart and I'm willing to look Terry McGurk square in the eye and I say we need to, you know, we need to make this happen because you got to keep we got to keep Freddie around and there's a lot of good reasons to do that while also improving in other places and you need to take these constraints off of me. That's different, but, you know, there's going to be some constraints. There's like two clubs in the entire league that are just willing to spend uh, on whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of good players on the Braves roster, and I want to keep all of them. And, yeah. you know, it's tough. And let me so, ask you this, Eric. And this was just presented to me on Twitter, and I think it's a really good point. Okay. Let's reverse the situation. Let's say that over the weekend, Freddie Freeman signed a six-year, $180 million deal with the Dodgers. And in his press conference, Freddie comes out and say, you know, for my family, I wanted to come back to Southern California, which is where I grew up. I have family here. I have a great respect for the Dodgers organization. I'll always love the Braves, but I'm a Dodger now. Go Dodgers. Freddie Freeman says that on Saturday, and this trade goes down today. How different is the reaction, right? Like to me, I feel like it's a complete 180. Then instead of, oh my God, they lost Freddie, what are we going to do? And now Matt Olson is the savior. I, I think yep. the timing today probably uh, threw some gasoline on the fire because Freddie is still out there and it signaled that he is not going to come back more than likely. Um, I wonder, I wanted to at least present that hypothetical to you. Um, I, I think the tone of the fan base and maybe even the tone of this podcast would be significantly different if Freddie signed over the weekend and then Matt Olson was traded for today. Well, again, you know, there's, I, yes, you're right. Uh, then it's then it's AA to the rescue. He solved the problem uh, that you know, and you know, some parts. Are, but now, the first would be questions about why the Braves didn't offer that deal at six one eighty, right? Two, I'll pose you this question. Let's assume you're right, and that's what happens. That Freddie Freeman signs with the Dodgers, six year deal, whatever the amount of money is, doesn't matter. Do the Braves have a chance? of getting Matt Olson for the price they just paid today. Mm. Because if I'm Oakland and I'm talking to the Braves and then I realize that Freddie Freeman isn't an option and that they have to have somebody, I think that some of those pitchers might be replaced with some hitters. Yep. I think that's a good point. And I've made the, the comment before that I hope no matter what happens, whether it was Freeman or Olsen, that Anthopolis would be the first one to make a move. And he did. And I think you're absolutely right, because all of a sudden, if Freddie signs, uh, yeah, if you're Oakland, nah, sorry. 
you have nowhere else to turn. You got to up your offer. You got to do X, Y, Z. We're going to go talk to other clubs. And again, I, I don't blame Anthopolis for pulling the trigger when he did. Yep. There's a lot, a lot of reasons to do what they did as much as in a lot of, I mean, it's just going to be weird to see anyone else other than Freddie playing first. That's what it comes down to for me. I think Matt Olson's going to be great. He's a good, good player. Oh yeah. And I, yeah. I don't think it's going to take long for me to really fall in love with him, but it's going to be, I mean like those stretches at Freddie at first, the, you know, just, I mean, his arms going up in the air, winning those division, winning those series this past off season, this past season. I mean, that's, that that's a mental image. that's hard to overcome. And again, I hope that Olsen just tries to be Matt Olsen. You know what I mean? You don't have to be Freddie. Um, and who knows, who knows, maybe, maybe Matt also will be a little friendlier with the media than Freddie is because if say one thing I want to about Freddie, uh, the one thing he never wants to do is talk to anyone that's wearing a media pass. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, you know, frankly, I'm not sure if I blame him in a lot of, in a lot of ways. So that yeah, kind of brings us. If I saw DOB walking, I'd say, get away from me, buddy. <laughs> I want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, DOB sorry. has some, has some sorry. fantastic shirts though. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, so this kind of brings us to what's next, Scott, because the Braves beat Alex Antopoulos said point blank. They have other needs. They have the outfield may, may need another starting pitcher. There's always going to be relievers to be got. Uh, and then there's, of course, just the, the bargain bin shopping. There's the rounding up the bench. You know, we don't have, I mean, as of right now, just the, the presumption is that it's going to be at least May before we see Ronald Cooney Jr. Again, don't tell Ronnie that, uh, because if you give him the choice, he would have been pinch hitting in the postseason last year. But, you know, there's a month, there's going to be some real shortage in the outfield. You know, maybe they need another guy to, you know, round out the rotation if they're not sure about the young guys. What do you see the Braves doing in the next few days to round out this roster now that we the, the, the biggest domino in first base has fallen? Yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, you look at this roster right now, and I think outfield is very clearly the next priority. Um, they, they have to figure that out without knowing exactly what kind of timeline Acuna is going to have. I would imagine they're going to bring him back slowly and cautiously, as they should, as the as the franchise player. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think outfield is, is certainly not only an area of need for the Braves, but it is, if you look around the free agent landscape, the outfield is is by far in the best shape compared to other positions. Like uh, Carlos Correa is out there as a shortstop, which the Braves don't really need. Um, but, I mean, that's kind of it as far as the impact hitters. I guess Trevor Story as well. But, like, Castellanos, Chris Bryant, uh, Conforto. Um, we'll see how teams want to label Schwarber. But, like, there are some genuinely good hitters. And then you get into the middle tier of, of your Jock Petersons, Jorge Solers, Eddie Rosario. I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of those names end up with the Braves when it's all said and done. Uh, maybe they swing a trade, although after today, I think a trade is less likely just because they've given up some pretty significant prospect capital. Um, and then as as Brad and I and you have all talked, I, I I think it would be beneficial to add a fourth starter, a veteran-type starting pitcher. Um, I, I don't know who that would be. I don't think it's going to be anything sexy or flashy because, frankly, there's nobody out there in free agency and to trade for a pitcher is usually yeah. pretty heavy in yeah. prospect costs, which I don't think they're going to be itching to do. Yeah, um, the, 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 the pitching market's pretty brutal right now. It is. I mean, you're going to have to overpay for the most part. And um, so we'll see. I think there's still moves to be made. Again, we're three and a half weeks from uh, opening day, so they're going to have to move 
pretty quickly. I think it's going to be a busy next couple of days across the league. If you look at a list of free agents, there's some really good players out there. And uh, today as a whole across the league, we're recording this, of course, on Monday evening. There was a lot of action. I wouldn't be surprised at all if later tonight, hopefully for the sake of this podcast, by the time this gets published and you're listening, the Braves haven't already done something. But um, I think the next 48 to 72 hours are going to be action-packed. Yeah, Brad's going to be on solo emergency, emergency podcast duty late, late tonight. If uh, if, if we see another move happening <laughs> late tonight. Two in the morning, yeah. Yep, yep. That man never sleeps. Uh, love him for it, but you know, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine the schedule that dude's on. Uh, so again, hopefully we won't find out any more news until tomorrow, but we'll, regardless, if you want to make sure that you stay up to date on any and all Braves news, make sure you go to batterypower.com. Uh, we've been covering the absolute crap out of this trade, uh, as well as everything from the minor leagues up through the major leagues through the offseason, through the lockout, and it's just going to get more and more as the season progresses. We're going to start actually get to talk about baseball things again, which is really, really nice, uh, as opposed to just talking about the lockout again. Um, it's been nice to actually talk about ba- baseball. We're going to be seeing spring training, spring training games, recaps of those games, and we're going to be doing all kinds of preview content rolling into the season. If you don't want to ever miss a single episode of this podcast, all you have to do is search on your preferred podcast purveyor, whether it be Google, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Just search Battery Power. Not only we get this flagship show, usually hosted by the great Brad Rowland. You can follow him at BT Rowland for all the Atlanta Hawks takes that you could possibly ever want. Uh, usually co-hosted by Scott or myself and occasionally main hosted by myself or Scott, uh, as you can tell from tonight. And not only do you get this podcast, you also get to the Road to Atlanta podcast, which is usually hosted by yours truly, uh, which is our minor league podcast where we go over all the minor league goings-ons of the day. I imagine I'm going to have plenty to talk about in a couple days uh, with Garrett and the fellas about you know what's going on in the minor leagues now that we've lost four of the best players in the system. Uh, and then you also get the Daily Hammer, which is hosted by the great Sean Coleman, who's been doing an absolutely outstanding job. Uh, and that's just going to get more and more frequent, too, because that's more of our daily or much more regular podcast. Those Road to Atlanta and this show are typically weekly podcasts, that kind of that daily getting caught up, you know, that, that quick 15, 20 minutes driving into work podcast. That's the Daily Hammer. Sean does an absolutely great job with that podcast. So make sure you subscribe to get all three of those podcasts for the low, low price of zero dollars. I want to thank each and every one of you for our support, for your support of the site uh, as we go through the site name transition, through the lockout, and, you know, just having that support, having people coming back to the site each and every day and seeing it come alive today with actual real baseball transactions has been an absolute joy for me. And I know I can speak for Chris, Scott, Brad, and the entire staff to say that, you know, it's kind of glad to be talking, talking about baseball again, even if the news is a bit bittersweet today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.